Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Lakerside Chats. I am your host as always, Alan Ramich. I am here from France, this time recording a podcast with a guy who is fantastic on the Twitter community. He's also the video editor for Laker Film Room, Pete Zayas, a contributor to Lonzo Wire, also on a podcast, yeah, The Forum, brilliant podcast. I advise you all to check it out. Raj, welcome to the show, man. Really happy to have you on. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And I didn't know I'm, it's the second episode only. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, second episode. I had Jabari Davis on first episode. Fantastic listen. Great follow. Great guy. Uh, been really blessed with the guests I've had on so far. So, you know, two for two. I've got two really good, two really good guests on so far. So really happy to have you on anyway. Awesome. Thank you. Great to be here. And as we all know, the Lakers are in a very, as I described in the last podcast, a tumultuous situation. And none more so describes that in the coaching search and what we're looking for in a head coach. And the recent reports have said that we are looking at Tyloo, Monty Williams and Jawan Howard exactly. What do you right. think of the situation so far? What do you think of the candidates that are being mentioned for the job? I think they're all fine candidates. I'm just glad that we're at least having a coaching search. Um, in our last previous ones, we pretty much just hired right away who we wanted. And I'd kind of like to have kind of an outside hire. Our last two hires were just like from Lakers, people like Luke Walton, Byron Scott. So I'd like to see someone from the outside. Uh, Juwan Howard is probably my favorite one out of there, but Monty or Ty Lue are fine choices. I'm I'm a big fan of Monty Williams as a person. He seems like a fantastic dude, and I said it previously. And Ty Lue, he gets a bad rap sometimes because he was a coach on a LeBron James team that wasn't in Miami. So people assume that LeBron James is his coach and he decides everything. Like, no, you can't not be a good NBA coach and win a championship. It doesn't work like that. You have to have something <laughs> about you that LeBron James will listen to you in timeouts. He'll follow you Kyrie Irving exactly the same as will Kevin Love you can't be a bad NBA coach and you know who would you like to get the job ideally if you had a choice if I had a choice I would I'm leaning towards Monty Williams right now um, I think he's probably the best of both worlds he's he's currently been an assistant I believe with San Antonio he's like the vice president in San Antonio and he recently got I believe New Orleans to the playoffs so he's more of like a recent uh, hire, and he also has the respect of, I believe, LeBron working with U um, the USA team. So I like him. I think Ty Lue is good as well, but um, I, I feel like he's kind of would be hired again as that former Laker kind of thing, and I would like to go a little bit outside of the box if we could for this hire. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't – I understand, like, we have a very storied history as a franchise. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. However – People like Pat Riley, people like Jerry West, they're a dying breed in the NBA, realistically. There's no more Pat Rileys. There isn't any Jerry Wests currently in the Lakers organization who, or who have been within the Lakers organization in the past 10 years, wherein that you can just pluck them out of thin air and they're the greatest basketball minds the game's ever seen. You know, it's like, who do we have? We've had Byron Scott, who was the worst NBA coach I've ever seen. We've had Luke <laughs> Walton, who was a slightly below average coach who I think is a really good person, but I'm not really sold on as an NBA head coach. 
And Monty Williams would make a lot of sense as well, especially if we're going after Anthony Davis, because him and AD seem to have a great relationship. Right, and we're kind of like in a little bit of a, like in the middle roads. And Luke Walton was hired, obviously, before we got LeBron James. So I think he kind of saw this as like a rebuilding where he could grow with the team. But once you get LeBron James, there's no more, you know, growing. You have to be grown at this point. It's it's time to win. So he kind of got caught in the middle hairs. I think he'll be fine for Sacramento. He has uh, some flaws that need to be worked on, which I think there's time. Um, I would have loved for him to stay if he got new assistance. I think the assistance was the problem for Luke. But um, like you said, on this kind of team, uh, I think Monty Williams would work well. He, as you said, have the respect of LeBron James, and I think – He'd be he'd be a good hire for this one, and it's like you said, he's the VP. He was a VP of basketball ops with the Spurs. You right. don't get to be in a position like that if Greg Popovich doesn't trust your basketball acumen. And as we all know, <laughs> as much as we hate Greg Popovich in Lakerland, you can't not respect this dude for what he's done in within the game of basketball itself. He's unreal. There, there'll never be another Greg Popovich again. He's is the things he does with such a limited squad, especially this season, has been unreal. He's, you know. he's a genius, yeah. It's, you know, and transitioning on from the VP of Basketball Ops, we'll talk about our front office situation. And as we've seen, there's been a lot of reports. Most recently, the one from Colin Coward, which is not a very highly recommended source. Not right. one that's really broke any news ever. But he was saying that there's a type of... Puppet master shadow puppet thing going. Sure, sure. And I just I don't know what to make of it. And can you explain it to our uh, listeners a bit more? Like, because obviously you have a bit more of an inside track and stuff like that. <laughs> sure. So Colin Colin Cowherd, obviously he's the host of the herd, and he came out that he said he had a source saying that the Lakers already have their president of basketball operations and. He's in. He's uh, working for a playoff team right now, supposedly, and he's okaying deals um, kind of under the table, which obviously goes against all the rules of, of the <laughs> CBA. But this is the source that he's saying, and a few other people. Stephen A. Smith also kind of hinted at that. Um, Arash Markazi kind of said he's heard the same thing that that's going on right now. Didn't Ramona hear it as well from ESPN LA? Ramona she Shelton. Did. Yeah. She did. She said she heard it, but she doesn't really trust the people that she heard it from as much as the people telling her that it's not true. And for me, I most of the people reporting this are are kind of national media. So like like I said, uh, Stephen A. Smith, um, Colin Coward, more national kind of focuses. Ramona pretty much shut it down <laughs> on the radio. She says she doesn't believe it, and she even quoted, I can quote her, she said, I don't think the people in the Lakers uh, organization are lying to me. So she's asking them, and they're obviously shutting it down. Um, yeah. It, it's just a wild, in my opinion, it's just a very wild theory to have, isn't it? Like, Especially when it comes to stuff like that, because everything leaks in the NBA. Eventually, everything leaks. And It does. That big as a president of basketball operations working in secret for such a huge organization like the Lakers. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you think, but like... Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I think the rationale is that 
first of all, looking for a coach while you don't even have a president of basketball operations doesn't make sense in the first place either. So, like, you can't hire a coach and then basically Rob would be hiring his boss in this situation, which it, nothing really here <laughs> makes sense, you know? <laughs> just when you say something like that, just sounds crazy. Exactly. Like, and, you, you know, like... If, especially if you're on Lakers Twitter, which a lot of people who listen to this podcast are, mm-hmm. people, you know, you see what the problem is. Rob Polinka should have been in charge of seeing people like Alex Caruso play every week for the South Bay Lakers. People like right. Jamelio Jones work hard. And if you can't see these guys would be legit good NBA talents, how are you going to be in charge of an organization like the Lakers? Especially one with LeBron James wearing... Especially, and you get another star alongside LeBron and we cap out. You have to right. find these diamonds in the rough. Daryl Murray does a fantastic job of it. He lets go of people that you think will, are irrepl- irreplaceable in his team and he replaced them with G League guys that you never heard of. Mm-hmm. And we have Rob Palinka like quoting Bibles and <laughs> comparing KCP to when Jesus fed people with loaves of bread <laughs> and stuff. And I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem. He doesn't just ooze this. He might be a competent guy for all I know, but he just doesn't ooze this competent general manager figure. I don't know what you think, but it just yeah. doesn't. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, he's also not liked well throughout the league. That's been uh, pretty much confirmed as well. The thing is, though, we have like a really great opportunity here. You know, the the Lakers' job is a very uh, wanted job out there that we can open up this pool to anyone we want. But if Genie just closes this to just Rob Palinka, then we ha- we're not using our assets the way we can. You know, we have a great opportunity to go get somebody like try to steal a Bob Myers from Oakland, uh, from the Warriors or uh, go pitch someone maybe in San Antonio or Mike Winger from the Clippers, um, guys like that. But if we just keep this as our front office, it's going to be very tough, I think, for fans to sit with that. Well, what is the consensus in Southern California about people like Rob Palinka, like do people because uh, obviously you see Twitter and Twitter's a very select community. What do <laughs> people think about Rob Palinka? Like, I, I've honestly not seen anyone say a positive word about this dude apart from Woj, and Woj is very transparent about why he thinks positively about Rob Palinka. <laughs> yeah, um, so mostly I what I get at least from amount of uh, information that I consume on here. Obviously, Twitter hates Rob Palinka. I think we both can see that from the coast that we are on. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Twitter does not like him at all. Um, John Ireland, uh, who's the broadcast, the radio broadcast of the Lakers, and he's very he works for the organization, obviously. Um, he says Rob is loved by the people um, in the higher-ups. You know, I mean, we obviously saw Magic step down about three weeks ago, uh, and then uh, it was reported that Magic wasn't really working at his job, right? So Rob was the one in their day-to-day. And I'm sure, and Jeannie Buss, as reported, really loves, like, loyalty. That's big to her. And I'm sure Rob Palinka is, like, a extension of Kobe Bryant, you know? So trying to attach to that nostalgia of it, the, the, gr- the good times where she had Kobe, you know? And Rob Palinka is kind of, like, an image of that is kind of how I see it. 
my biggest thing with Rob Palenka is, yeah, he he got to be the agent of Kobe Bryant. However, it was more towards the latter end of his career, was it not? It was primarily yes. it, was, it was the last two championships, wasn't it? If I'm correct, where he I believe sort of, so. Where where he became Kobe's agent and they became like best friends, like Rob Palenka always like humbly brags about whenever he's <laughs> in a press conference. And I, I, my just biggest thing with it is. We had Mitch Kupchak, who, for all his faults with mm-hmm. like not tampering before the first of July ever, he was right. a guy that was legitimately good at his job. He would find these diamonds in the rough. He would watch every single NBA game. He mm-hmm. would scout opposition. He'd go to Europe on scouting assignments. He'd do this. He'd he'd do everything that's expected of an NBA general manager. Right. Was there some parts that he was lacking at? Yes. But on the whole, Mitch Kupchak, barring, you know, Denga Mozgov, which was a disaster for our organization, he didn't do much wrong. And he set the Lakers up primarily, especially with draft picks. He was fired fired by Genie for not trading the young kids for the Marcus Cousins. (laughs) That, That was the final straw, wasn't it? I remember it quite clearly with Woj reporting it. The, the, right. the, the, the Kings were really pushing to get D'Angelo and Brandon Ingram and mm-hmm. the potential pick in the summer for the Marcus Cousins and Mitch Kupchak just put his foot down and said no. We have, I feel like we have a lot to thank about Mitch Kupchak, especially when it comes to this young core that we have currently in Los Angeles. And oh. I, I don't see anything that Rob Palinka actually provides and offers that's anywhere similar to someone like a Mitch Kupchak or a Masai Ujiri in Toronto, or a Bob Myers, or anyone that's any somewhat, just somewhat competent at being a general manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess the way I'm kind of trying to see it is that I guess Rob Palinka now is in charge, right? So it's hard to have a competent front office when the two top people don't really work together or even trust each other, right? Like Magic said, he doesn't even, uh, he didn't even know Rob before they were put together. So at least that's where I'm kind of seeing a positive is that now I guess Rob will kind of be able to get his people and then we'll have like everyone rowing in the same direction. But um, with the Mitch Kupchak, yeah, he did he did a good job. I feel like I understand why he was let go. The Mozgov and Dang signings were both um, terrible, although I'm not sure how much that was Jim Buss at the time. Jim Buss was also heavily involved, if you remember, as uh, yeah. the head of the basketball operations at the time. And our our draft um, people, I believe, are still in uh, are still working with us. Um, Ryan West, obviously, and Jesse Bust are the head of those, and they've done an amazing job with draft picks um, the last few years. So I think they'll continue um, to do a good job with that. But yeah, that's all I can kind of see is where this looks like it's heading. Everything that I've heard that Rob Palinka is gonna be in charge now. I think it's weird if he's hiring his boss. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. The so I I'm kind of thinking he's gonna be the president of basketball for us, and then hire another GM. But we'll see. Well, what I'd like to see, I don't know about you, is people like Ryan West and Jesse Bus and Joey Bus actually get a promotion within the organization because these guys right. are shown running the G League, running the scouting system. That they're legitimately good at their jobs. It's not that they're on family favors that they're within the Lakers organization. They're legitimately good at what they do. And if you look at the development of the G League players, it's got a lot to do with people like that. You know, it's 
I don't know what you think about. Oh, 100%. And I would love to see them actually get have a lot more power in the organization. Um, the, our drafting is probably our biggest strength right now as an organization, our draft picks. Um, Kuzma, even uh, Hart, even Nance, Clarkson. Um, but the pro- I don't know if you saw the report that uh, they're being actually siloed kind of from Rob Palinka that they are kind of left out. Um, Rob Palinka kind of works on his no, own. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Yeah, so there's a report out. Uh, McTen reported it, and a couple other people. Uh, sorry, McTen is Dave McMenamin. Yeah, um, fantastic. From ESPN. Oh, it's amazing. Um, he said that they were being siloed uh, because Rob, kind of as an agent, you know, it's a very um, in for yourself business as an agent. So Absolutely. he kind of he actually brings that into there. He works alone a lot, and he doesn't really work with Jesse and Ryan. Um, I believe he's the one going to do these coaching. Um, interviews. If you saw the reports out there, he was going. The second round, they're going to be with Genie Bus, if I read correctly from Woj. Right, right. But he went and did the first ones, right? He went to yes. Ty Lu. He went to Monty Williams. So he's not bringing Jesse or Ryan with him, you know? So this is, it seems like it's all him, and it doesn't look like the other brothers are getting any kind of uh, promotion here coming soon. I think that's worrying. Not, not just because it's Rob Polinka running the thing, it's you have to, in my opinion, you have to have more than one person running stuff like interviews because you have different opinions from different people and hearing different voices just changes your mind maybe on a potential coaching candidate. You might turn a bad coaching interview into a good one just because of something that someone heard that you didn't potentially pick up on. And the fact that he is running it by himself is pretty worrying for the future if you ask me. Because if he decides that his opinion is above the likes of Ryan West and Jesse Buss when it comes to scouting, we could miss out on potential diamonds in the rough that we've had in previous years with the likes of Kuzma, with the likes of Josh Hart, Ivica Zubac, who isn't obviously with a team anymore. But these guys (laughs) are legitimately good NBA players and will be for the next 10, 15 years. it's, It's infuriating. So... What's your opinion? Do you think Rob Polinka will be the president of basketball ops? Do you think <laughs> that he will hire his own GM? Or do you believe that we have someone in waiting and Jeannie's just biding her time? Um, I don't think we have someone in waiting right now. Um, I'm kind of going with Ramona on this. But I do think he's going to be a present, our president of basketball operations and he hires someone else under him is right now how I see it. I just can't see him going and doing an interview to hire someone above him. You know, that just makes no logical sense in my opinion at all. It doesn't look like Jeannie Buss is going to get any more involved with the basketball, which I think she should get more involved. Um, but it looks like he's going to, Rob Plink is going to have total say. I believe the drafting will still be up to Jesse and Ryan. Um, uh, uh, other than the Mo Wagner pick, I believe last in our last draft was kind of a magic pick, but um, I believe they'll still have say in that. I am worried about uh, this summer what they do with AD, although I think Brandon and Lonzo's medical kind of uh, make that a little bit harder to do. I think it's harder to trade Brandon Ingram right now due to the blood clot situation he had. Um, but with yeah, but with David Griffin in New Orleans now, which is just an amazing hire for them, they they got David Griffin for their president of basketball operations. Uh, you never know. So, I but yeah, to answer your question, I 
I think that Rob Palinka is going to stay in power, and I think he's going to bring someone of his own into uh, into a management position. Well, my my let's build on the AD thing. David Griffin, as you said, is a brilliant hire. It's the sort of hire you you wanted the Lakers to make because when you heard the Magic Johnson news, isn't it? You know, it's just one of those where I want yeah. as soon as Magic Johnson, I was like. David Griffin, Bob Myers, Masai Ujiri, you know, one of these top, top elite level guys, they should be in charge of the Lakers. And right. David Griffin just comes across as just like the antithesis of what, what we've had at the Lakers so far. And right. seems like a genuinely nice person that people get along with. He cares about his job and he has a respect to LeBron James. Um, right. I, I don't know if you ever saw him on NBA TV when he was talking about Brandon Ingram. He's oh, he loves Brandon Ingram. High on Brandon Ingram, so that makes me think that if the medical reports come out, because this was just a freak occurrence with this random right. blood in his shooting arm, I mm-hmm. feel like David Griffin. If he, I know he was talking about that there's an openness to keep Anthony Davis, but realistically, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I feel no. like David Griffin values and covers Brandon Ingram really highly in trade talks, and I'm I'm worried that. If especially we'll get onto this, but with free agency, if we mm-hmm. strike out, I feel like we'll just trade the entire farm for AD. Yeah, I was I was worried about that at the deadline actually. Um, when the news reported out about the the trade request, that was basically the whole farm, right? Just yeah. to get Anthony Davis, and I'm worried about this that this summer as well. Obviously, like I said, the medicals I believe give me a little more um, hope that we keep our team together. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting summer and David Griffin is a brilliant GM. He's going to make that normal. He's going to get the best deal for AD that is out there. Yeah, and so speaking about the situation with the front office and free agency, what do you think happens with regards to the likes of Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, even though Clay Thompson I don't think is leaving Golden State, what do you think will happen with regards to these marquee free agents that we're looking to sign in free agency itself? Yeah, so if we kind of like zoom out, right, and look at the whole picture, um, we have LeBron James, a good young core, and no bad contracts going forward. And we have Los Angeles as well. So I feel like to big free agents like a guy like Kawhi, he doesn't really, he's not really going to worry himself about our front office. If he's coming to the Lakers, it's for to play with LeBron and to win, right? And that's kind of how I see it. I I believe Kawhi is coming. Um, I don't see Kevin Durant leaving Golden State to come be second fiddle to LeBron, <laughs> you know. And I don't see Kyrie wanting to run that back from Cleveland. And uh, Clay Thompson, obviously, I believe is going to stay in Golden State. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident uh, Kawhi comes. Uh, my worry more is on the outside of the roster. The I don't want to see us get Rondo back or guys like that. You know, you got to look for kind of guys with on deals. I see guys like Seth Curry sign, like, $3 million at Portland. Brooke Lopez, who we let walk, signed for, like, $3 million. That's where I'm kind of worried. But I believe that, like, in free agency, I believe Kawhi will, will be a Laker in July. For my biggest thing with it is, A, I don't think Rondo will be in the Lakers just because Luke Walton and Vladdy Divas love Rondo. So 
I feel like we'll get away with Rajon Rondo signing a big five-year extension with the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> uh, I jest, I joke. Kawhi is interesting because there's a bit. Oh, there's been there was a report. I think it was Kevin O'Connor who uh, was saying that they, the Clippers had Lawrence Frank, if I remember correctly, following around Kawhi every <laughs> single game. Right. Which is just borderline weird and stalkerish, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. And I feel like if he wanted to be a Clipper, I feel like the Clippers would have done everything possible to get him to come to LA as a Clipper in a trade last summer. Right. They had the pieces. They had Tobias Harris, who I'm sure Popovich would have been interested in. They had a few guys who, very good NBA players, who they could have flipped for for a Kawhi Leonard. And they had the draft assets as well. Right. Obviously, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was an unknown at that point, but he was still a rated high, high enough draft pick that I feel like Greg Popovich would have been incredibly interested in taking that guy on. But I believe that people think that Kawhi Leonard's so different to everyone else that he doesn't want to be a Laker. However, not, <laughs> not everyone realizes what he's actually thinking. Like He's the most unpredictable free agent, uh, superstar, sorry, that the league's probably ever had. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's different. Everyone, everyone had this idea that he was this really quiet guy, he didn't like the attention, he didn't like the drama. Then about this time last year, reports started breaking that he was upset with the Spurs because Jordan were offering him less money because it right. wasn't interesting. He was quiet, he was boring. No one wanted to talk about Kawhi. It was like a right. meme in the NBA, wasn't it? Be as quiet as Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. He was like the perfect spur, right? After Tim Duncan, it was just the perfect. Um, we thought it was just like the torch has been passed, the next quiet superstar for the Spurs, and that's not what happened. If you remember last year, in around July, the reports came out that Kawhi was pretty adamant he wanted to be a Laker, right? Um, exactly. A lot of a lot of reports came out, and a year later, I mean, not much. Obviously, our drama has increased, right? Magic stepped down, a bunch of things like that. But in terms of basketball, much not much else has changed. Our young core is still there. They're a year better, actually, and LeBron James is still here, and we still have a bunch of cap space, and we have a pretty much open slate to redo our wrongs, right? We signed all these terrible pieces and Rondo and uh, the list of other names that we signed, but just we everyone recently... named LeBron James in 2018 free agency, basically. <laughs> right, right, right. So I believe I believe Kawhi will be a Laker in July, but I'm very worried about the team we put around him and LeBron. That's that's where I'm nervous about. But free agency, I believe, will be fine. I think this is the year we we get Kawhi and. We'll have our two max guys to go with the young core, hopefully, who are still here. I, I, I'm a big believer in LeBron James. I think he realizes that his basketball mortality is coming to an end. Not mm-hmm. obviously his next year or the year after, but I think he realizes that he can't be this alpha male number one player on a championship team in the Western Conference where it's just night after night, it's just relentless pressure on you to actually deliver and commit to the you know, to the grind and the hustle. His body's not ready for that. He's 34 years old. As superhuman right. as LeBron James is, he's also played 
a crazy amount of minutes in the NBA. He's already in the top 10 in minutes of all time, isn't he, if I remember correctly? Right. He's superhuman, but at the same time, he's also still human. You know, your body will break down. Father time is undefeated. We see it in the NFL. We see it in the NFL. People like Tom Brady still are basically performing at their peak when they're 40, right. 41. But I feel like Tom Brady, especially within the NFL, and Bill Belichick have done a great job in surrounding him with a brilliant supporting cast that his role diminishes slightly, but his greatness in the right times can still be felt. So I believe, as you said, if Kawhi comes, that's a legitimate championship team. Right. Like you said... Right. Right. And you said he's like, he's not the same anymore, right? He, He can't do this 82 games a year. He can't be the monster on defense and carry the offense. And... But I think also it's the pieces you put around. Obviously, Laker fans, we look at Christmas Day, right? When we beat the Warriors, that's kind of was our championship. Uh, it's a sweet day this season. <laughs> and we were uh, we were the four seed at that time, right? And we had LeBron with Lonzo, Brandon, Josh Hart, just a bunch of young guys Zoo. playing. Yeah, right, with Zoo, yes. <laughs> Sadly, uh, who's gone. But we had Zoo... Um, on and we had everyone just playing really hard on defense and then letting LeBron kind of, you know, control the offense. And then once all those guys got hurt, it was just too much. So and I also think we need spacing, right? It's very hard for LeBron. LeBron's not a guy who's just gonna take a bunch of threes on you, right? He he's gonna break the defense down and then try to kick it out. And we surrounded him with guys like Rondo or we just couldn't shoot. So we I feel like if the team's better, we'll see LeBron back to his uh, a little closer to his form uh, next year. I don't know about you. Whenever you watch, whenever I watch Milwaukee, sorry, just oh, watching yeah. Brook Lopez infuriates me. How did we let <laughs> this guy go? I don't understand yeah. it. I genuinely don't. It, it's very annoying just to watch as a Lakers fan. I mean, this guy would be perfect in pick and roll and pick and pops with LeBron. We already saw it to an extent with Lonzo last year. He was very good with Lonzo. Not many people yeah. realize that, but he's fantastic with Lonzo, especially on the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Lonzo, while LeBron James is far and away our best player, Lonzo's our most important player, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. This dude is 21 years old. He's still doing basically everything off instinct. <laughs> yeah. Essentially a top five defensive guard in the NBA. It, yeah. It's crazy the, this, the potential this kid has. If we can just keep him healthy and away from these big ball of brand shoes. <laughs> yeah, he has his own uh, drama thing going on, huh? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. He's he's special as a defensive talent, and he's just gonna keep, he just needs to stay healthy. That's he's played less than I believe forty three games in both seasons, which is very concerning for me. It's a worry. It's like a Greg Oden type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think since our playoff kind of run was over, um, I think that kind of more helped him to just say, I'm going to shut it down. Maybe if we had, like, if we were in the playoffs, maybe he would have rushed back a little bit. But I'm hoping he has a healthy summer to kind of work on. Because last summer he was hurt as well. I believe he was rehabbing. So, yeah, yeah, so hopefully this summer he can kind of get his offense a little more um, well-rounded, like in the floater game, um, his kind of pick-and-roll, ball handling. But 
his defense was exceptional, and he was a big part of the Lakers being in the top 10 in defense for a very long time um, until, I believe, around January, February is when it dipped off. But they were a top defensive team, and him and oh, was obviously Brandon as well were a big part of that. Well, my biggest thing is Brandon Ingram made the jump that all potential superstars make from year two to year three. He made it. But yeah. people don't talk about it enough because I don't know why. Uh, there's this kid in Boston that people <laughs> seem to overrate to the point where, you know, if you mention anyone else as being a good young NBA player, it's downright blasphemous. <laughs> Which is why Pete calls him, and many a podcast that I listen, he calls him Jason Christ. Right, right. I love that nickname because it's so befitting. It is. Uh, Brandon Ingram, legitimately, for the, before obviously the blood clot happened, yeah. he looked for the last 30 games of the game, uh, barring the OKC game, he looked like a legit NBA star. And he did. It's very, very encouraging to see. And I feel like we're not far away. Like I mentioned previously, I don't want to bang the same drum, but we're not far away. And with these kids maturing, if they have the right coaching, with. I don't. I feel like the whole drama with LeBron was a very much overstated, especially within the national media in the US. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I imagine they'd be pissed off if they were trying to be traded. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like these these guys would talk every day, and I feel like time heals all wounds. And right. If you're still together on the Lakers, you forget trade rumors because it's just part of parcel of the NBA. Yeah, and I, I think Brandon actually was the one that probably handled it the best. I mean, um, I think it did. I think it did affect guys like Kuzma, and but you're right. Like once they're on the team, they're on the team, right? And LeBron seems like a very he's a he's a good leader, right? He's gonna make sure the guys feel the way they need to. And as you said, Brandon was just insane after even New Year. So you can people kind of see it as like a seven game stretch, right? where he was playing well but it was actually since January 1st he's been he was averaging like 26 and 4 assists and there was like very few guys putting up those kind of numbers so it was really sad to see him go down and i think the reason it doesn't get as much publicity is because the lakers weren't winning right that's yeah. the time that they really it's not it wasn't his fault it wasn't you know lot whoever else the young guys fault it wasn't lebron's fault but they just they're all injured and even though Brandon was putting up big points, they were falling out of the playoff race, which is why the kid in Boston gets a little more love because he gets he's doing <laughs> it on <laughs> he's doing it on the big stage, right? So that you're gonna get more love doing that. But yeah, I, I think next year, uh people will know uh what Brandon Ingram is. The biggest problem it's not a problem per se, but this year's really the only year we can sign a max free agent. Right, because if we don't sign him now, then the tax, then sorry, the cap, just mm-hmm. space looks horrible from a from a signing a marquee free agent standpoint, because we have to pay Brandon Ingram next year, and right. if you do have a Kawhi Leonard, you're more you'll be more than happy to dip into the tax to pay a Brandon Ingram twenty five mm-hmm. to thirty million whatever he requires on the open market, you know, and. If you don't get that guy, then you're struggling because you're not going to get another free agent with LeBron James in 2020 unless you're announced the rights of Brandon Ingram, which would just be downright ludicrous. 
yeah yeah how i see it is this summer is it like we don't get another chance like if this summer we strike out and we just trade everybody like we are going to be in either in like a middle purgatory or we're going to be very bad again for a long time this is the summer we (laughs) right so we need to get a free agent this summer which is what we were promised right Magic and Rob took the job two years ago, and they said um, this is a two-year plan. They were going to get two max free agents in two years. So I'm going to hold that to, even though Magic stepped down, I'm going to hold that to Rob if he's kept in place. We have a free agent that needs to come this summer because, as you said, next summer, Brandon Ingram is up, right? You have to pay Brandon Ingram. Uh, The next summer is Lonzo Ball is up, right? So all those, and you can't just lose these assets for nothing. We gave away D'Angelo Russell, right? And then we let Julius Randle walk out the door. Those are just two guys that are just gone for no asset that we got back. So this is the summer. Well, we got Brook Lopez, and then we let him walk to Milwaukee. So, right, right. you know, <laughs> Phil Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley. Because oh, the Lakers, while... We do a lot of good things, stuff like that, the zoo trade, which still, I, whenever I watch zoo, I'm just like, why is he playing for the Clippers? That should never have happened. It, yeah. it, it baffles me still to this day. And to be honest with you, it doesn't fill me with much confidence with Rob Palinka. <laughs> if he's not telling Magic Johnson, you cannot trade this guy, because I feel like Magic was the one who was spearheading these moves. Right, right. And I feel like Reggie Bullock was a really good pickup. I really like Reggie Bullock. Yeah, that was a good move. He's he's one of these guys. While I really like Svi and his potential, potentially, to be mm-hmm. what Reggie Bullock is now, on a LeBron James team, you don't have three, four years to develop this guy into being what Reggie Bullock is. Right. You need people like Reggie Bullock around LeBron James. So I feel like they made a fantastic move there, but then they automatically negated it by trading Zoo for Muscat. Excuse me. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that move still doesn't really make sense at all to me. Um, I understand the premise to get a like stretch five, but Muscala wasn't good. He wasn't even playing for the Clippers. Um, you could have waived Michael Beasley, which is what the Clippers actually did. We traded Beasley for uh, in that trade for as well, and they just waived oh. him. They did that. Yeah, so that that trade really doesn't make sense at all to me. And again, the Reggie Bullock is a great move, but you gave up Sphi, right? Which obviously isn't Reggie Bullock. But then you can't let Reggie Bullock walk this summer, right? Then Why don't you just mo- give Sphi for nothing, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we can't just keep just giving things away for you know two month long deals. So I'm hoping they keep Reggie, but that would be a, he's the only really vet that I want back. Um, I would be okay if JaVale returned, but Bullock is the one that I really would like back. I don't mind JaVale just because at the start of the year, before he contracted pneumonia, he was fantastic. He, he was. was. He was the center that the Lakers have been looking for, actually, you know, within like free agency. We don't need a guy to be averaging 20 and 10 from the center spot. We need a right. guy to be happy to get eight to 10 points a night. Get get hard on the rebounds, be an interior defender, basically be Brook Lopez without the shooting. If we can't have Brook Lopez, right? But as soon as he contracted pneumonia, and then obviously once he recovered from it, it took him a, few, a while to recover. 
Mm-hmm. And the last 15, 20 games, he looked like the start of the season. He so did. hopefully if we do get a JaVale back, you, you would hope that he wouldn't contract pneumonia next year and we could have that consistent JaVale because I feel like it wasn't far away this year at all. I feel like JaVale McGee, if you give him 15 to 20 minutes a game on any NBA team, he's not a laugh. He's not He's not the Shaq's in a full player anymore. I don't know what you think <laughs> anyway. He's not that right. guy that you make fun of constantly. He's a legit good NBA center. He's a starting yes. center, if you ask me, within the NBA. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. He's The thing, I think the problem on our team wasn't that JaVale was our starting center. I think he was fine. He's a great shot blocker. Obviously, when healthy, he finishes around the rim. Um, the lob threat is great for LeBron. And obviously with Lonzo, who loves to throw the lobs up, it helps him out a lot. Problem was we didn't have a backup. We had Tyson Chandler for about I think about a month. Chandler was really good, and then obviously he got fell off a cliff. Uh, yeah, fell off an absolute cliff. So Tyson, I believe Tyson Chandler was a Laker for about a month, in my opinion. You know, after that it was very spotty. He was just out there kind of getting cardio. It was, it was like a it great was, dude. Seems like yeah. a fantastic person. Oh, uh, he seems awesome. He's that type of guy that's just about to retire that you keep on as an assistant coach to help mentor the young guys, which I'd be really happy with because he right. seemed genuinely so happy to be a Laker finally. Yeah, he it did. was like it was like a dream come true for him, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's just those moves. Like last season, the biggest one that stuck out for me was Ariza gets a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal from the Suns. Uh huh. But we give KCP one year twelve million. Right. Now you you can't tell me that if you offer Trevor Ariza one year twelve million to play with LeBron James, he rejects it to go to play with Devin Booker. As good as right. Devin Booker might be in the future, I feel like Ariza, especially because he loves LA, he's right. made he doesn't he doesn't make a secret of that either, does he? he he's very no, he upfront about it. He loved his time in Los Angeles. He wished right. it was longer. So. Are you telling me that Trevor Ariza would not be a perfect LeBron James teammate? You know, people, yeah. like, it, it's just like you said, the margins are so important this summer. And if we they get are. right, we, especially, I believe KD's leaving. If KD mm-hmm. does leave the Warriors, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's automatically a spot opening up in the West. Right. And if you have a team that's led with LeBron, potentially Kawhi Leonard, the young core, and really solid, good role players, plus the number 11 pick, which mm-hmm. in this year's draft, while people are focusing a lot on Zion, with mm-hmm. good reason, because he's a monster. Right. Uh, he, that's, it's a legitimate good draft. It is. It the is. difference between 4 and 14 isn't that big. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a group of about 10 players, and as long as we don't draft a Cam Reddish or some, <laughs> you know, someone like that, uh-huh. Where I was, I'm, I watch a lot of Duke. I, I'm a big fan of Coach K, and okay. he promised so much. You know, you, you hear these like, oh, you know, he's gonna be killing it. This guy shoots below fifty percent on a true shooting percentage with RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson next to him, and they're like, your main strength is your shooting. Right. How are you not, you know? How are you not just putting down these wide open threes? And there was a lot of them where he just misses. And they're like, mm-hmm. that translates well to the NBA as well. If you miss in college, you'll miss in the NBA. It, mm-hmm. 
there's no correlation between you doing badly in college and then doing well in the NBA, you know. It's right. usually like if you do well in college, you do well in the NBA shooting wise, which is right. why it went so low because they kept on putting him in the post in, at Utah. You know, it's it's crazy. But, you know, I feel like we have a legitimate good position now to be a contender in the West next year and for years to come. But it's all about the front office, whether they can do their jobs properly. And while I hope they can, they've given me no reason, especially if it's Rob Palinka, he's given me no reason whatsoever to be confident. I don't know what you think <laughs> about that, but... <laughs> I, I, I think Rob is... I think he's, like, a smart guy. I, I think he, he's... I don't think he's, like, incompetent in where, like, he can't do the job. I just... He's not experienced, you know? He has very little experience. This was his first time doing this job. Magic also was the first time being a president of basketball ops. I don't know if you remember they were, <laughs> when they were hired, they were saying things like they were reading the salary cap, like they were reading the rules of the salary cap to learn it um, after they got the job. That kind of told me they're very inexperienced. So I'm <laughs> I'm hopeful that, you know, I, I've, I believe free agency will work out well, but the margins is where I'm really going to, look at because that's what will make our team be a title contender or you know a five six seed um next year absolutely and like you said rob palinka is not, you can't be a stupid person and get to the position he's at in the nba or anywhere right. in life like whoever right. tries to call but i feel like the biggest problem was magic johnson the mm-hmm. president of basketball operations role in his mind was like being a minority owner for the dodgers <laughs> coming once a week Right. You pretend you're Magic Johnson, you put on this face, you're the face of the franchise. When it comes to talking to LeBron James against the sign for the Lakers, you can do that. But that's not what our president of basketball operations is. As I said in my previous podcast, it's a grind. It is. You need a grinder in there. As nice uh-huh. as it is being a president of basketball ops in LA, it's the toughest job in the NBA for a reason. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a three hundred and sixty five day a year job, right? So the doesn't matter what day it is, you can look you're gonna be looking at prospects, you're gonna be looking at deals and you can't have a president of basketball not there every day because when that happens, the guy under him will fill that vacuum, right? So Rob Palinka yep. thought that he's he's there every day, right? Rob is say what you want about Rob. They say he's a very hard worker, and like you said, you don't get to his position being a lazy guy, right? You you just don't. Uh, so I think he's he he works hard, and I think that's was kind of the problem. Those two didn't see eye to eye on things, um, and we'll never know who signed who, right? We don't know who okayed any of these deals, but I believe Magic was more of the problem. But we'll we'll see how it goes in the summer. Just to end on this, we did talk about briefly the number 11 pick in the draft, and unless something crazy happens, we're not jumping up or moving down. Mm-hmm. Who would you like? Everyone obviously has some favorites that they've seen in either college basketball or what have you. Who would you like the Lakers to pick with that 11th pick if you had the choice? To to be honest, like I really don't follow college um that much, uh so I'm I'm not like the best ask here. I do um like the the one guy on Gonzaga, uh, Brandon Clark. I think that's the guy I really like. Um, he's I would like relentless. to. He's yeah. Unreal. So he's like my kind of favorite. I 
I, I'm more like I like watching defense a lot. Like I, I like making like defensive kind of videos. And he's like, I believe he's one of the best defenders in the draft. He, um, is a great shot blocker. He can move his feet and he has like a motor. Um, the Lakers kind of uh, lack a lot of players that have high motor and um, with high energy. So I'd I'd like to see him draft him. How about you? Oh, I am a big fan of Kobe White. I'm a Duke fan, so it pains me to say because it's UNC. But uh-huh. Kobe White, the he's, Lakers, he's, what the, what he's the missing? best shooter, right, in the draft? Oh, unreal shooter, fantastic guard. Just uh-huh. really, really smooth. Would fit him really well. Really good playmaker as well. So it would, it would alleviate a lot of pressure off of Lonzo as well. So when Lonzo comes off the court and LeBron's off the court, we actually have someone with that second unit. A bit like what Shea Gilgis-Alexander did at the start of the year alongside Lou Williams at the Clippers, where mm-hmm. he got so good at it. In the end, he ended up starting for the Clippers and beating out people for the job. But right. I feel like he's one of those sleeper picks that not many people have talked about, you know, up until the tournament. But now, he's... If he falls to the Lakers at 11 and we have a chance of getting him, Brandon Clark as well is fantastic. Like you said, relentless. This dude defensively is a monster. Yeah. If if you had a five of Lonzo, Ingram, Kawhi, potentially LeBron and Brandon Clark, you can just switch everything, especially off time. You know, that, that's the type of five you look at, and that's the type of fives that Golden State play, you know. The fives that are just completely interchangeable. There's no one, there's no five. It's just constant interchangeable basketball. So either Kobe White or Brandon Clark, hopefully something stupid happens and Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech falls all the way to 11. But <laughs> I don't see that happening unless the Kings pick from, like, four to ten because, you know, the Kings be the Kings, but... <laughs> That's by the by, you know. Right. So right. what I right. want to say is a big thank you for you to for being on the podcast, Raj. If you uh, could thank just, you. If you could just tell the people where to find you, you know, plug yourself a little bit, I'd be more than happy, you know, to, <laughs> to do that for me. Oh sure, uh, yeah. So um, you can follow me on Twitter at Unwritten Rules. The E on the rules is a three. Um, I release stuff for Lonzo Wire as well, so you can follow them as well on Twitter at uh, Lonzo Wire. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to go into an exciting summer here. and Hope we can all have a good time and enjoy it on Lakers Twitter. I just want to thank you again for being on. It's a great honor for me to have you on this podcast. And I hope that I can have you on again in the future as a guest. I really enjoyed this, my friend. Thank you. Anytime, Alan. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. See you next time. Bye.